on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Looker here. Google's got a sweet new rebrand for Data Studio. Google Ads is putting your money where their mouth is with new tools to actually test their recommendations before applying them to your campaigns. Plus, find out why early 2023 might be the winter of our discontent for video advertisers. All on today's show. Welcome, you are listening to Marketing O'Clock. Just stay tuned. Digital marketing news, but let's get specific. Digital ads, SEO, and analytics, social media, and more. Pretty much everything that'll make your website perform. New shows every Friday. We give you the news with sass and puns and definitely high takes. Thank you for tuning in. You know what time it is. It's officially marketing o'clock. Settle in, sit back, keep it locked. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernhelm. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud. And I'm Greg Fenn. And it is officially marketing o'clock. Here on Friday, October 14th. 2022. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another spooky episode. <laughs> it's October 14th. No. Jess Bud, what's going on in your world? Um, In case you all didn't hear the... I was going to say the original lineup, but I guess it's technically the second lineup. But the most popular, most important lineup of Blink-182 is back together, and they're going on a world tour. Yes, which means Jess Bud will not be on the show on... <laughs> May 21st. I already got the calendar. May, right. I believe it's, yeah, May 17th. I already That's lined up Nicole. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We're going so, to Pittsburgh. I already, I thought <clears throat> that the main fella that left. Tom's along. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was out chasing aliens. He, well, did he, he find him? The Navy has actually said, yes, right? this is a UFO. Okay. So pretty impressive. He brought all the government conspiracies to light and he got his specials on discovery or whatever and told everyone about all the aliens and all the ships and now he is back in blink because the lord's work is done r.i.p in peace matt skiba he's a great musician and he did okay for the band but he doesn't belong there okay anyway i'm really really excited you guys know that like if blink 182 didn't exist neither would my marriage right yeah and you like never take time off work (laughs) so i saw the invite Well, that you declined that invite, and I was instantly like, she got tickets. Yeah, Pittsburgh, baby. (laughs) Never been to Pittsburgh either, so really You should tell the story about your marriage, though. So um, back in, it was the summer before ninth grade, um, I was at my friend's house, and this was in the days of AOL Instant Messenger, and we were like chatting with boys online, and I saw on her buddy list that there was this um, screen name that was Wasted Times 182. I was like, 182? My bedroom used to be covered with like old school printed out of a printer in whatever year that was, pictures of Blink-182 all, all over my walls. So I was really excited when I saw those numbers. And I asked her who that person was. And it was just a boy that she was talking to, but they weren't attached. So I instant messaged him. Wow. Home and record. yeah, it was like online dating before that was a thing. And then we ended up in the same, he's older than me, but we ended up in the same study hall when I started high school and the rest is history. Oh, that is so beautiful, Jess. Thank you. Wow. Who would have thought you'd be at the concert? 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had a fun weekend. Um, me and my best friend from high school, who's from out of town, so we never see each other. We road trip to Toronto for the Lizzo concert, little mom's night out, but I was the only mom probably in the whole room. <laughs> okay, so we're driving there. It's about two and a half hours away from here. And I decided we were going to stay in the Double Tree because I've stayed in the Hilton Toronto. Single Tree was taken? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> a great joke is what that was. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. Oh. Single tree was taken. Oh yeah. <laughs> so show's over. <laughs> I really didn't know what you said. Yeah, it's like a screen name. One eighty one was taken. So <laughs> we drove there. It's like two and a half hours away to the Double Tree because I've stayed at the Hilton in Toronto a couple times, and every time the people of Toronto are so nice, but like in the hotel everyone's weird like one time I asked for a glass of water for the at the bar at the hotel I was staying in and got yelled at and like one time I had a conversation with a bellhop and then two hours later he pretended he never met me before like I have all these stories I could talk all day so we're driving to the double tree single tree was taken and I have a large diet coke from McDonald's and we're like 30 minutes out and I have to go number one so bad I was dying and I was like we've got to just get there I'm like running to the lobby bathroom before we check in and of course we had to like park first and it was like 10 levels underground so I'm like sprinting up there and I go into the bathroom there's two stalls one is out of order and there's this woman with five suitcases like open on the ground 
and I'm just ready to like jump over the suitcases and run to the bathroom. She's like, no, no, I'm not done. She's like, she's putting clothes down the toilet? I don't know. She was like, you need to go to your room. You can't come in here. I'm like, lady, what are you talking about? I don't have a room key yet. Like I was like getting really upset. I was about to go in the men's room. She's like, you can't go in here. And then it turned out I could go in the gym. But like, what was she doing? What was she doing? Every time I'm in a Toronto hotel, I have these weird experiences. What was she doing with open suitcases in a know. lobby bathroom? Multiple, wait, were there multiple open? Yes. And they were all like carry-on sized. Hmm. I'm suspicious. Were things strewn about? Yes. She must have been like swapping things around her bags. So you can't pee while she does it? I don't she doesn't know, want what particles? The bags weren't in the stall. Did sure. you tell her you only had to go number one? Yes. You should have gone number one and two in the bag. Yeah. Get her toothbrush <laughs> right out first. <laughs> so now I can't stay at the Double Tree either. And the cookies were really good. So it's just like a sad story. Like that's not the Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna put you on a list and be like, this this woman, probably a mom. No, I just probably feel like a there's... mother came in, went into a bathroom, didn't go, <laughs> went to the gym. <laughs> just like suspicious activity. You are not the suspicious no, one I know in the story. Was. Oh, okay. I don't trust okay. it. Did you did you if you saw something, did you say something? I didn't. Little update on our giveaway from last week. We have these beautiful, gorgeous P-Min, not P-Max stickers that have no Google branding. No. To celebrate everyone's least favorite Google Ads campaign type. So we asked you guys to subscribe to us on YouTube and we were going to give these away. We actually did get a lot of subscribers last week, so I think you were listening, but not a lot of people filled out the form (laughs) that was in the description from the show. Um, So we're going to fill it out this week and use the honor system. So if you did subscribe to us, fill out the form. We'll get you a sticker in the next couple of weeks. But they're beautiful and will look great on your water bottle or computer. Or face. (laughs) Greg, what is happening this week? All right. This week, I'm going to harness my inner LeVar Burton here and go with our news. Data Studio is saying bye. When I model my confidence will still be high. You'll now need to take a look. Er, it's in, not in a book. It's now Looker Studio. That was so beautiful, Greg. Is that yeah. the guy that sings our theme song? Yeah. <laughs> so by Google Data Studio. Hello, Looker Studio. Let's hear it directly from the source about this big change. And this is right from Google's press release. It should be pretty clear about this change here. Today, we're unifying our business intelligence product family under the Looker umbrella. Looker is the name you'll hear us use when talking about our Google Cloud business intelligence products as we bring together Looker, Data Studio, and core Google technologies like artificial intelligence, AI, and machine learning, ML. And starting today, Data Studio is now Looker Studio. With this complete enterprise business intelligence suite, we'll help you go beyond dashboards and infuse your workflows and applications with the intelligence needed to help make data-driven decisions. Pretty simple, right? Do you get that? I just don't get why they're doing it. I think that there's an actual case for it. I think just like Google with anything, they just hacked it up so bad, it's ridiculous. So I actually thought Looker was dead mm-hmm. i we we used it back in the day for when it was like mainly an analytics platform i thought it was fine you hated it right hate <laughs> yeah so I, I thought it was like an analytics only system apparently it's a big thing in the data viz world and they're moving it away from being like analytics and more just business intelligence so there's Power BI is one of the big ones. Tableau, obviously, is is another one. But Google had Data Studio, which is similar or adjacent to Looker. So it would make sense to sort of bring those together. And they're doing it with Looker Studio. It's just such a dumb name. Data Studio is a good name. Well, I have a comment. I think they should hire you as the spokesperson because you do something really special with that word when you say it, don't you think? Looker. You like, like how we your say portal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's hard to say. It's like the synonym, like or or the, the what what is it? Um there's just so many like syllables, syllables that are yeah. opposite. Looker. I think studios. you're overthinking it. It should be called data looker. I'm calling it That would be better. For Thank lo- you. I'm calling it looks done. I need a looks done report. I don't understand what that means and I hate 
Look stud. Good, get the ER. The ER is the part that's hard to say. Okay. And then you don't need the EO. It's just a look stud. Oh, stud is for studio. Yeah. It should be stud. look stewed. Or <laughs> mispronounce the word stud. Stud's a terrible word. It, there's stud finders. It does. studly people out there. It just does for me what moist does to most, and I don't like it. Once you said data looker, I think that's our best You can option. never look her back, it's right? It's just the looker studio <laughs> part. It's hard. Like, I will lose hour a day moving it from data studio to looker studio. Yeah. Kind of so, like when um, It's a look stud report. It's all look stud. And I, look stud is no. Look no. stud. You have to say, no, <laughs> you're not going to say, looks, you're not going to say Luke, no, you're not, not going to say dude. Luke, you're going to say look, so don't, Ooh, that's what they should have done, Luke Stude. No. <laughs> I think it's going to be a lot easier back, I need a look stud report on this, boom. I don't want to say look stud hey, ever can again. You, can I'll you just make say a dashboard. looker studio report? No, it's no. looks Yeah, dashboard, I'm with you, dashboard, I don't care whose brand it is. Nope, I implore everybody to call it look stud from now on. Look, stud, we're not calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to? Um, so Looker is still going to be an enterprise BI solution, business intelligence solution. Looker Studio, aka Lookstud, is now sort of the way I think about it, like a freemium version of visualization tools. It hooks up with 800 um, different sources, I believe, is the number that came out. And this is where they lose me on everything. Like it would make so much sense, honestly, if you called this like Looker Light, where it's a light version of their premium BI and it's just like visuals or something, or you even call it Labs, right? It's like Looker Labs. You get so, some of the business intelligence from Looker is coming to Looker Studio, but there's now going to be a Looker Studio Pro account, which blows my mind. So you can do that it's a visualization tool just like Looker Studio, but it has enterprise management features, some team collaboration, and service level agreements at no extra cost. So, um, but there is an extra cost. You have to pay for that. But that is not Looker. It's Looker Studio Pro. Does that all make sense? Yes. So if you need something, just call it a look stud report. There's no longer data Don't studio. Call. They're going to have some Looker modeling layers that are going to be available now in Looker Studio. Looker modeling layers. Look but the Mo Looker layers. isn't the look the Looker Studio. It's just regular Looker. I, I hope nobody looker was again. doing a drinking game with the word Looker okay. because you'd be dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have a great episode title. Okay, next up in the news here from Nicole Farley for Search Engine Land. Google Ads recommendations can now be applied as experiments. So from the experiments page in Google Ads, there's going to have little recommendations up at the top. We see them sprinkled around the entire interface. But when you're in the experiments tab, you'll be able to press a button to actually create an experiment out of that recommendation. So it's not just gonna change your campaign, it's gonna actually put it to the test. So all you have to do is press the create experiment button and it'll set one up. Can I say something about this? Mm -hmm. We've been yelling about this. I know, for years. it <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Great idea. It makes so much sense. Like, okay, you're recommending it. Prove it. Mm -hmm. Let's set up an experiment. I think this proves that they listen to the show. Oh, I'm sure they listen. We're gonna to hear licks. Look. <laughs> no, we're not gonna hear Looker a lick Yeah, we're gonna hear Lookstead report next week. <clears throat> um, for now, this is only available for recommendations that switch your keywords to broad match or switch your bid strategy to target ROAS. Um, I just think it makes so much sense. This was definitely our idea first. Proves that they listen to the show. I love it. Want to see it for more recommendations because if you're recommending it, I want you to prove it. From Bryce Gump, <laughs> at Bryce Gump on Twitter, because Forrest Gump was taken. Keyword topics and placement, this is a tweet. Keyword topics and placement targeting are going away from YouTube ads next year. RIP to all those great money-making keywords. The changes keep coming. And Bryce is referring to a screenshot that he shared straight from a Google Ads help article, people. It says, content targeting. Avoid content targeting by keywords, topics, or placements. Avoid, excuse me, avoid adding content targeting by keywords, topics, or placements to your campaign as this may limit your campaign's performance. Video campaigns that drive conversions usually perform better without keywords, topics, or placements. That's the general guidance. Then underneath that, in a nice little gray box, this is the kicker, folks. It says, note, 
To help you find more conversion opportunities, you will no longer be able to add content targeting to new and existing conversion campaigns in the coming months. From early 2023, all existing content targeting settings will be automatically removed <gasps> from video campaigns that drive conversions, which is interesting language. Yeah. So like you can have them in other campaigns that aren't, I mean, we're all trying to drive conversions. So I don't know if that's like a setting thing, whatever. I don't understand. It's just, it's generally stupid. To manually remove content targeting from existing conversion campaigns, go to your ad group settings. Like I am not going to manually remove anything <clears throat> that I've put in there intentionally. And it's, usually when they like phase something out, they just say you can't edit it, but they leave it alone. They're just going to get rid of things in early 2023. I hope they tell us. I hope so too. I think this is their way of doing it. I think this is so stupid. I don't do a lot with YouTube, but like if you can get a good placement. Oh my God. This is unbelievable. Working for you. Yeah. Especially with like, it's the only option that's not like using I don't know. That, that's like never going to make anyone mad because you're just targeting a placement. You're not like targeting people based on browser activity right. or whatever. You can be like, this is a great fit to go along with this video. I'm going to show my ad on this video. It makes total <clears> sense. <throat> and it, it is a screenshot in the tweet, but we have the receipts. It, it, I checked. It is in the help article. It's there. Do you think that Tuna Melt Neil Mohand <laughs> had anything to do with this? Tuna Melt? That what is does so it mean? He's got a family. They don't listen. <laughs> this is another step of messing up YouTube. Is it YouTube's fault or Google Ads' fault? Well, it's a YouTube problem. I understand that, but it seems like it's a Google Ads. I don't know. It's just, they're all in it to lose it. That folks. is so dumb. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of situations where you could be like promoting your own YouTube channel, and like people who are interested in another one might be interested in yours. That is really dumb. I just, I, the, the thing, I, it is dumb. I just cannot stand the fact that they're just automatically removing it. And if you didn't mm -hmm. read this or you're not listening to the show. You're in trouble. Yeah. Like it's just going to oh, go there's away. there's probably no targeting in there. Yeah. And then there's not going to be anything in the change history because it's just going to be a thing and no one's going to know what happened to their campaigns if they didn't see this or hear this. Hopefully there's a formal announcement, but we're going to be mad then too. Like so you just can't automatically remove things. I guess you can if you're Google. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. All right. This week's Take of the Week comes from PPC Greg. Greg of the year 2021. And he says... Well, he's got a picture of a change in ad distribution options. We've talked about this a little bit. I don't know if we talked about this one specifically, but there's a change with ad distribution settings in Microsoft advertising at the ad group level. Previous options were all search networks, Bing, AOL, and Yahoo, Yahoo Search, and then Bing, AOL, Yahoo Syndicated Search Partners. And now you're going to be able to have the entire Microsoft network and Microsoft sites and select traffic. And above the change kind of log there microsoft says we have heard loud and clear that advertisers want more volume from microsoft advertising campaigns <laughs> to which ppc oh greg says doubt anyone saying we want more volume knowing it's lower quality especially not loud and clear hashtag ppc chat we don't want more volume or more conversion that's more just like a lie good volume Quality, not quantity. That's really upsetting. We want more quality. <laughs> Do not want more quantity. Thank you, PPC Greg. Now it's time for this week's ICYMI. ICYMI, people. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. ICYMI, people, from John Lee at John underscore A underscore Lee. He is sharing a mark an article from Clicks Marketing, um, and he says, a quick reference guide to list uploads by digital platform. So this is a really handy guide from Kristen Kusiak, and it goes through how all the list headers differ by channel for Google, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and Reddit. So just a handy bookmark. If you're uploading things to multiple platforms, this will show you all the changes that you need to make. So thank you, John. Thank you, Clicks. Thank you, Kristen. Now it's time for this week's pew pew lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. 
First up in the paid universe, Kasim Aslam has a new find in his account. These are those automatically created assets. We reported that these were coming. I don't know if we've seen a screenshot of them in anyone's account yet. Um, so he says Google can create search ads and customize the given assets for better ad relevancy for search campaigns. So this is something you can opt into in your campaigns and you might want to opt out if you want more control. So thanks for the reminder there, Kasim. And then from PPC Greg, ever heard of him? You may remember a few weeks ago, he let us know that you could now run Google ads automated rules every hour. Um, well, he had a rule running every hour in his account, and he said, this rule has been running fine on an hourly cadence until October 5th at 6 p.m. Since then, it's still trying to apply the rule, so every hour since it has skipped. And if you look at the screenshot, it says, like, applying, dot, 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 and then it's just never actually going through, and every single hour it's skipping. So that's not a good sign for these hourly rules. Thanks for the heads up, PPC Greg. Next, we have this article about how much attention people are actually paying to your ads as they browse the internet this was conducted by amplified intelligence in association with yahoo and i guess they were looking at facial facial footage via people's camera as they were looking at ads what <laughs> did i consent to that i don't know it's i guess it's for this amplified intelligence app which I don't have, but I just can't imagine the faces I'm making while I'm scrolling and thoughts and prayers to anyone who had to see that. Um, so some takeaways here, they say go short um, when using video. Short is sweet. 15 second video ads delivered 2.8 more active attention than 30, 2.8 X more active attention than 30 second videos. They also say go big. The larger the ad size, the more active attention you'll get. That's me going like, yeah, what, what, what are the whole page? <laughs> Got your attention though. <laughs> I was on like CNN or something yesterday looking up the news about Dame Angela Lansbury and got a full page ad on like a news site, CNN or NBC or something. I was like, ugh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> More of a publisher problem than an advertiser problem. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> then they say go high impact. So the impact. So they say among ad formats, interscroller and video do a great job of driving active attention. And they have all these other ad types listed out and how long people are looking at those. So definitely some good info in here to dig into if you're interested. And we will have it in the show notes at marketingoclock.com and in our Discord channel, community.marketingoclock.com. Oh, and the newsletter, marketingclock.com slash newsletter. Anywhere else? <laughs> Okay, Pixelate has an article about iOS 16 adoption trends and found that there is a 16.6% reduction in ad fraud from updated devices. So that sounds like a good thing for advertisers. Every time these updates happen on my phone, I feel like I like never agree to it. And then it's just updated the next morning. Kind of sketchy. Maybe your face said something. <laughs> Mine hasn't updated yet, though. Um, Meta has renamed their Facebook advertising policies to Meta Advertising Standards. Problem. Standards. They have no standards. <laughs> Lower your standards. Also that, but like standards just seem like general guidelines, whereas policies are like a thing. Yeah. I don't, this is terrible naming as per, it's very on brand for them. I have standards for like a usable ad platform and they're not cutting it. So <laughs> Yeah. They said, we're not making any changes to the scope of these policies or how we enforce them, nor are we announcing any new policies. So Standards. Apparently nothing's changed, just the name. John Kagan tweeted from his at John Kagan Twitter account, hey, ads liaison, I, have I always been able to run YouTube ads on YouTube TV via the Google Ads UI? And I have never realized it before, or is this newish? Always thought I had to do it via a reserve buy. And then PPC Greg chimed in, ever heard of him? He said, if we look back, we can see YouTube TV placements from last January. We're not able to specifically target them without buying via reservation basis. Um, so you can see in here, he has placements on TVS and own, but he can't like target them specifically. I wonder if that's changing with your change. <laughs> changing with my change? That's we'll like never know unless somebody reads the help article. I know. There's also a QVC channel on YouTube TV, but they don't have ads because it is an ad. Shout out Jan Buys. <laughs> all right pee in peace oh do you think she's hanging out with angela oh, oh my queens it's jean 
Google announced Publisher Advertiser Identity Reconciliation, or PAIR. This will allow people to use first-party data for targeting with display and video 360. So they say this is a new solution that gives publishers and advertisers the option to securely and privately reconcile their first-party data for audiences who have visited both an advertiser and publisher site. So advertisers can basically now show relevant ads to these audiences sounds like a great thing if you've been looking for more personalized ads from google adsense you're in luck google says first party cookies for personalization help to show personalized ads to your users when third party cookies aren't available that's just poetry you have to press allow first party cookies for this to work um but more importantly barry schwartz wrote about it and he has the most adorable image of a little cookie plate on a wooden table. They look really good. Yeah. Do you think he made those? They're like Christmas cookies and this makes them so hungry. I think I don't like those little butter cookies. Why not? Those little rat cookies. Rat? rat cookies? Yeah. Those are, those are not good. Like what's on this page? <clears throat> yeah, I don't like those ones. Would you eat them at 10 a.m. Um, though? I'd eat one. <laughs> I would eat these at 10 a.m. They're no. a lot smaller than a donut. Donut and Miss Rowland. <laughs> like why not just make a chocolate chip cookie? Because that's just different. It's, all cookies can't be the same. Yeah. These ones, like, like if you look at that little one there with all those, it looks like almost Skittles on there. Those Skittles. cookies, and maybe the worst cookies, this has got a lot of hate on this, Christmas cookies. They all stink. I think these are Christmas cookies. No, these are first party cookies. <laughs> well, the For one whatever party you're having, it's the first one. <laughs> Everybody's nodding their head agreeing with me now. We should have no, a first party party. That's cute, yeah. The ones with like, the peanut buttery cookie with the Hershey Kiss. Oh, thumbprints? Is that what they're called? Why don't we do a cookie draft someday? Yeah, Christmas cookies are so good, and then they get like a little bit stale, and they're mm. still good. Mm. You're missing out, Greg. Okay, well, do you have any organic cookie news for us? Not really. I think I put this in the wrong section, but power <laughs> listener of the show, Diana Alina Aldea from Creatopy. Uh, has a short form video advertising battle, a study where she put $3,000 across a variety of different video ads to see what would have the biggest impact. So it was the same ad, a vertical video, two locations, US and Canada, uh, same devices, mobile, Android, the same landing page. And then they took a look at for the $750 split across everything, looking at the users that arrived on the landing pages, sessions, impressions, cost per click, CPM, video views, total video views played. And the winner is YouTube Shorts. But you should download the report. Again, head on over to community.marketingoclock.com and you can get it there and get the link there. It was surprising. I'd also say the video is a little bit B2B. I think it was for the company itself. So take it with a grain of salt, but there's some really good stats there. And YouTube had surprisingly very good impressions, clicks, and had the most landing page uh, visits by far. Surprising. Thank you, Diana. All right. And social media today has an article talking about YouTube sharing more information on data via stories and so you can hop now into your youtube studio account and there's new ways to show we talked about this before i guess it's finally rolling out where you can see the data in that visual format and that's what everybody likes ever since spotify did it they ruined everything now you can't consume data from like a smart format everything just is aggregated and you can say oh here's one way to grow is to get more people to return you can look at new viewers or old viewers and whatever so if you like the visual look about things i don't understand why everything has to be dumbed down but it's super dumb so you might like it if you like that stuff it's really shareable though if you like we always talk about reporting differently for different folks this may be useful in some cases it's not for performance marketers but maybe some of the folks we report yeah to. if you don't care about your youtube channel it's great <laughs> okay this is pretty creepy but there is a new Google-based, it seems like it's the footsteps of Dolly, like was the image creation. It's now called Imogen, and it's from Google's highly reputed AI lab called Google Brain. And so Imogen, it sounds like they auto-generated the name of this thing. It's like Imagine. Oh, is that what it is? I don't know, I'm guessing. Is it 
Well, there's like an Irish name that's similar to that, but with an O, right? It's I-M-A-G-E-N, Imogen, Imogen. <laughs> but this now uses that technology to create video. So you can make deep fake video, not just deep fake photos. You're generating images, Imogen. Right, but it's video. That's what I don't get. <laughs> None of this so anyway, sense. you can put your information in and Imogen will then generate video for you around what you put in. And it's like, what could go wrong here? You know? Be like, hey, Imogen, show me Jessica Lee Bud wearing pink. Never. Imogen will do it. I don't know. Imogen. What are they going to draw from? Show me Shep with her pet rats. <laughs> she made a face. For those of you listening, she Sick made thing. a face. I don't know. I just, this, is, this is where I'm starting. I'm like, oh, we don't need fake video. All right. From YouTube, they're now going all in on handles. So over the next month, there will be notifications to creators where they can choose a handle for their channel. Many cases, you already have a personalized URL. You're going to be able to start using the at and then tagging other YouTube channels. This actually makes sense. So the one thing that seems odd is if you don't have a personalized URL, I was worried that somebody might be able to come in and swoop in and take that handle. It does not seem like that's the case. They say in most cases, a channel already has a personalized URL, they will automatically become their default handle. So you're probably in good shape if you've got that already, but they'll let you know when you can use that. All right. Customers Black Friday spend is forecasted to hit $1.58 billion. It's a lot of billion. And according to the report from Future, 90% of the audience is planning to spend on Black Friday, which is a sample size of 2,600 plus folks out there. So a lot of people are going to be buying on Black Friday. How about you, y'all? Do you buy on Black Friday? I no. will be home. Thank you. Yeah. I buy Actually, I'll be at my brother's house. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. And the other thing I thought that was a little bit suspect here, it says the research highlights that the impact of rising costs has driven consumers to seek out deals and buy gifts earlier to beat price hikes with 45% already starting their holiday gift purchases. We've been saying just in time for the holidays since like July. So those are our Who listeners. It's our fault. Buying things in October. My mother-in-law, she buys them have, all year. Have you bought anything? She'll come to me in October and be like, I'm done for the year. I almost bought something every year. And they're proud well, of it. actually, should I say, I won't say what it is, but I got drunk at a charity event and bid on something that we're going to use as Christmas gifts for a lot of people because we shouldn't have gotten it. <laughs> have you bought anything? For the holidays? Yeah. The upcoming ones? Yeah. No. Tables? I won't until the last minute. No? No. I almost bought a baseball bat on Prime Day, but I realized I don't need that. Yeah, see, I feel like you have several. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And from the Twitter account of Neil Mohan, he tweets, new all caps, for Android viewers, you can now watch YouTube videos together with others on a Google Meet call, exclamation. Dreams coming true. So... Okay, you know, maybe, do you watch a lot of, st- communicate with your family members on Google Meet? No. Okay. It goes on to say, YouTube premium members can oh. start the session and family slash friends slash colleagues, even if they're not premium members, can join in, dot, dot, dot. I wasn't a premium member before, but this might switch me. I, this might make me pull out my wallet. You're no, joking. No follow-up <laughs> after that, dot, dot, dot. He always does that. What are you thinking? <laughs> like, this is their way of getting around people that share passwords with each other. I, I don't know how they're getting around it. Maybe they're collecting your data if you join you the meet call. Google Meet for this. They're, Why would it be only for premium? Like, bless his little heart. I know he's got room temperature IQ, but Neil, like, there's nothing. <laughs> good with this update nobody's gonna be using this right maybe at least four people will use this well if you want go download google meet and then go pay for a youtube premium (laughs) and you can start that with your family just gotta get them and your colleagues and your colleagues 
All right, Google Docs will soon let you embed other apps. Do you think we can get Neil on the show? No. Not if he's ever listened. <laughs> I can never look him in the eye. I'll reach out to him. I have dreams that I meet Neil at an airport, and he's like, hey, aren't you that lady who smears my name every week? Well, see, I, I'll have a... I mean, I'm I'm Google's biggest fan, so yeah. like I got that nice. Okay, Google Docs will soon let you embed other apps into your documents, and the feature is called Smart Chips. I don't like why they call everything chips, like people chips, smart chips. We don't know, but anyway, you chocolate get, chips. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Better than butter. All right, it refers to essentially embedding other apps into Google Docs. The API will make it all work new. It was announced at its Cloud Next conference, but basically you can see visual previews of Miro, Figma boards. There's no um, index editing power yet, but you'll be able to see live updating analytics through Tableau. So pretty cool. You can pull other stuff into Google Docs. Like that's actually awesome. So you can tell uh, uh, Neil doesn't work in that division. Next up, Google says structured data may help us identify product reviews content. This is one of these insane arguments that only SEOs can have. But there's a whole bunch of back and forth about if structured data can help Google understand that there's product reviews on a page. There's a bunch of back and forth between Akent99 on Twitter and then Barry brought Danny into the mix. And Danny does his thing with Google where they say where he says structured data isn't used for ranking. And Danny's version of ranking means ranking higher, not ranking. Ranking for most layman folks means is it going to help categorize you into a spot? Is it because it, it will be ranking as a product review? Danny's version, from what I can tell, is ranking means ranking higher. So it's, and then Danny says, Alan was saying it's possible to help be used to identify types of content just as we use many signals to understand content. So whatever. All right, from Search Engine Roundtable, this is the title of the post from Barry Schwartz. Google product reviews update is primarily on a page level basis, but not always. Gee, thanks Google for that clarification, but also maybe not. All right, from LukeCarthy.com, he's got a good look at Toys R Us. He says, Toys R Us are back, but their links and traffic are not. If you recall, Toys R Us just shut their website down. It appears they're trying to relaunch the thing and you can see what it looks like when a site has been dormant and gone and the havoc that it causes. I didn't know giraffes hibernated. Yeah. He missed an opportunity to use R for R back. Oh. But he wrote out the whole word. Yep. <laughs> You've got an amazing brain. All right. And if you don't have anything to do this November, specifically November 15th and 16th, I implore you to check out the SMX Next. The agenda has just dropped. Uh, yours truly is running a panel called Your Guide to Permission-Based Audience Targeting with Nava Hopkins. I'm also running a panel with Ivana Dukic from Smarter E-Commerce. And I have seen these slides from Corey Henke on my last panel. Three innovative video marketing trends for 2023 and beyond. It's worth it just for this. I promise you. And best yet, I will personally refund all of your money if you don't like the show. Wow. Yes. Uh, it's free to register. Oh. Oh. So head on over to smxnextmarketinglandevents.com. Don't miss it. Oh, and there's so much that is going to be packed in these two-day events. Ginny's going to be speaking as well, so definitely check it out. Speaking of packed in, how is nobody talking about four and two the six-pack last week, 16-7-1 on the season. I've been talking about that all week. Oh, well, we got bias this week, so it's five-pack. I have Kansas City plus three, sorry, tables. Miami plus three and a half. The Giants plus five and a half. Jacksonville plus two. And the Patriots plus three. I'm taking all the points this week and probably taking the money to bet them. So nice to to that. That's all in organic. What's happening in social, bud? All right. First up in social this week, Twitter is launching a new view for professional accounts called Professional Home. It's just lovely. It is no looker, but the bird says that this new dashboard gives pros around the globe the ability to track performance, discover product offerings, and tap into additional resources. This sounds very glamorous, but in reality, it's just a reconfiguration of metrics that were already available to users like tweet, total tweet impressions, engagement rate, profile visits, link clicks. 
The upside is that you can now see all these things in one view, so there's not as much clicking around as there was before, and there is a handy menu of other tools right there, like monetization. So again, just kind of like a, a hub, if you will. It is definitely an upgrade as far as convenience, and this is just speculation, but as they're kind of building more of a home base for this sort of thing, I wonder if more improvements for businesses or brands might be coming down the line. If not, who doesn't love a makeover? Sticking with Twitter here, the platform announced they're introducing new ways to share different types of content, videos, images, and GIFs together in a single tweet, which is very, very cool. But what is not cool is that they went with a hard G in their video. GIFs are for kids, silly bird. I don't like that. TikTok's got a slew of new editing tools to help you clip, play with sound, add text and overlays, and more. So if you're into that, Matt Navarra has an entire thread emoji with the full breakdown. Also from Matt Navarra, he's got a tweet that says Twitter doesn't want you to screenshot tweets anymore. It wants active users on platform viewing tweets instead of via screenshots on rival platforms, which kind of makes sense. My word's not his. Um, and then he says one of these now pops up when you take a screenshot and he shared um, an image. It says share tweet instead with a copy link call to action button. So they're trying to keep people or I guess try and bring people into the Twitter platform instead of just looking elsewhere. That's okay. Ridiculous. What were you going to say? My favorite is those Instagram accounts of like comedian girlies who just take screenshots of their tweets and post them on Instagram. It's not what it's for. It's a weird thing to do. Yeah. That is one thing that really helped TikTok grow is that watermark. So why don't you make something when you screenshot it to pen that in there or do something else? Like you want people to distribute your platform. It works so well. There's just an, a great article. I'll have to find it about how that watermark really helped TikTok's distribution because you couldn't just post a video on Reddit. You couldn't just do anything like that. It came from TikTok and you could go follow that user instantly. So I don't know. This is a bad move. It's also, we don't know because this is just, again, a tweet from Matt Navarra, but I don't know if you can get rid of that because it kind of gets in the way of the screenshot too. So there's that. All right. Here is a tweet from the one and only Glenn Gay. Oh, no. It's so eloquent. I'm just going to read it. Even the team building it isn't using it. Oh, boy. Internal memo. Meta's VP of Metaverse says Horizon Worlds is suffering from too many quality issues, and even the team building the app isn't using it very much. So there's that. That Mark Zuckerberg is so creepy. I just love that we've seen it at least twice now. Yeah. <laughs> It really deserves more air coverage. Nobody goes in there because they don't want to see what they look like as these characters. Can They're you look creepy. like anything you want? I or don't was know. this him trying to look like himself? I don't know. Either way, I'm sure we all look better than that. I just look at if you click through that link and you go see the image from the verge, A, he looks a lot more like Mark Zuckerberg. Still looks, you know, uncanny valley ish. But the image of this world looks kind of cool but i've got the real world this is what i don't get does like, it look as cool yeah have you been outside have you seen the leaves changing color yeah it looks cooler i'm not seeing this picture you're talking about oh that is creepy scroll like it's down fine. where is it oh there it is view this post hold please while i view said post <laughs> can you just show me on your computer it's not like oh like it a, still doesn't look real. It's creepy. I don't. I get it if you're trying to pretend like you're next to somebody that's far away. That's where. Mm. Fine. My heart just broke. Get on a plane. Your love is worth it. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. <laughs> <sighs> Another way to express love. From social media today, Twitter's updated Twemoji <laughs> spark new creative trends in the app. And this could be a new trend to jump on or not. Speaking of eloquent, thank you, Andrew Hutchinson. They're just, they're basically they're the same emojis we're used to. They're just a little bit 3D. That's cute and all. Some people are taking this very seriously and creating art. If you like Lisa Frank, I think this is fine. Will it ruin Twitter? That's beautiful. Probably not. Is it making it better? I don't know. You know what's not making Twitter better? From Jane Manchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter. Twitter is working on an experiment where hashtags are no longer clickable links unless a tweet contains branded hashtags like One Team and Periscope that brands pay to add an icon next to the hashtags for a while to promote stuff. 
not sure what this is for. And then she sounds like a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. And according to one of the replies, it says this is a temporary experiment. I worked on the feature. (laughs) Nobody's temporarily experimenting with anything they're not considering. Though Mm -hmm. this is really dumb. I feel like. Neil Mohan moved it over to the Twitter team. Why would you get rid of hashtags? Keep Neil out of this. I Like, is it a, a play to get more money? Because just make a ba- better ads platform, which we haven't said in a while. It, it makes, it, no, it's it not, makes things they're, useless. They're moving everything towards trying to be subscription-based. But mm-hmm. this doesn't make a ton of sense no. at all. It, like, literally doesn't make sense. It turns things into verbal hashtags which you can't click on mm-hmm. and they're hilarious but not in real life but they basically had an engineer confirm that right correct that it was just a test that it wasn't mm-hmm. for sure yes but again you why are you testing things if you're not considering them why would you take the resources to go through and unlink hashtags the foundation of twitter Unless Imagine. you were strongly considering hey, it. Hey, Julie, you have to pay to use hashtag PPC chat. Right. Ridiculous. You're just going to get people leaving. You're not going to get them to do the thing. Yeah. At some point, all these platforms are like, what can we do to get people to not use this as much as possible? What's next? TikTok is going like to start selling things? Like, what is coming up next? Like, you're just going to do something re- absolutely and utterly ridiculous. Craig, did you read ahead? No. <laughs> sure you did. What do you got for us? We'll get there in a second. Okay. okay? <clears throat> Speaking of platforms, just... Bleep that later, tables. A few months ago, Alessandro Paluzzi shared that Twitter was working on a chat feature for communities. I don't remember if we talked about it or not, but that's old news. This week, though, he's got updates with more detail as they keep working on the development. And it looks like it's actually, based on the screenshots that he shared, looks like it's actually a chat that you can then join. You can see when somebody else is chatting about said tweet and join the conversation, which could be really cool. It's great for engagement. Yeah, that makes sense. You have yeah. a chat topic and your community can jump on a specific topic. That's a great feature. Yeah. Maybe that don't one make won't it a be hashtag. temporary. Yeah, don't make it a hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Alessandro also shared that hashtag Snapchat, of all things, is working on a new feature for Snapchat Plus. Um, subscribers called custom story expiration. You can basically set your story snaps to expire at certain intervals, an hour, six hours, 12 hours, two days, three days, or one week after posting. Nice to have that control. Um, straight from the meta's mouth, this is from Alexandra Voika, who does communications for them. It says, today we are announcing new ways to customize what you see in your Facebook feeds. So you can discover What's most relevant to you? You can select show more or show less on posts from people and communities you're connected to and posts that Facebook recommends to you. I have no complaints there. I think that's actually great. From Nicole Farley for Search Engine Land, Facebook has rolled out a new pages experience that is, according to the platform, more ideal for small and medium-sized businesses to help them better build connections how exactly they're planning to do that pages will now have their own feed so if you're an admin you can like scroll through a feed that is meant for your business and more easily engage with users and businesses as the page i absolutely love that i think that is great the new layout also has uh more street it's a more streamlined layout with easier navigation between your personal profile and business pages as well as a professional dashboard to manage all your activities quickly. So of course, along with this announcement came a list of five ways you can be your best on Facebook. And I'm paraphrasing there, but <laughs> all the fluff on how you can just do all the things you need to. But in general, I like this. All right. Shout out Jaspers. Of course. I love their rebrand. I hate their rebrand. <laughs> <laughs> According to the Wall Street Journal, TikTok's parent ByteDance saw its operating losses more than triple last year to above $7 billion. Yeesh. But here in 2022, the same report showed that ByteDance produced an operating profit for the first quarter. So things are apparently turning a corner and big things are coming. More on that in a minute. But just to stick with the talk, FYI. TikTokers are the next generation of auto buyers. So if you're in the car biz, the platform has published a new marketing playbook just for you. You can check that out, and I hope it helps you drive business. Congratulations. On the pun? Award-winning, right? Okay. Greg, I think this 
next couple stories might be what you were alluding to before. In an interesting turn of events, TikTok has slapped, I'm going to quote this because it's really good, TikTok has slapped a proverbial glove across the face of Instagram in retaliation for IG copying all of its stuff with the addition of a new photo mode for still images in the app. End quote. This is not just single images either. You can add carousels. I guess that's fine. They have also extended video captions. You can write a novel of up to 2,200 characters to go with your videos now. So everything is turning into one. And apparently they are not just copying Instagram either. Someone else has a target on their back. According to Axios, TikTok is planning to build its own product fulfillment centers in the U.S., creating an e-commerce supply chain system that could directly challenge Amazon. This is apparently they're getting the idea by more than a dozen new job openings that were posted in the past two weeks, past two weeks on LinkedIn. So there's some validity to this. I don't know how people feel about TikTok being an e-commerce giant, but Axios has a nice spin saying it. They're just really signifying their commitment to e-commerce. We'll see. Uh, the thing I, I appreciate about TikTok is they they just take chances on things. Like this is something Meta's never done. Hmm. This is they, they don't they're not beholden to being a public company. Yeah, right? they certainly don't care if they lose money. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, they're like the live tour, right? And they're out there being like, oh, let's just set up our own distribution that's fine cool go for it what they're not doing is being like oh maybe we should get rid of hashtags because twitter got rid of hashtags yeah live towards a golf thing jess oh live strong that's bikes okay we'll we'll go back to twitter here last but not least twitter twitter's edit button there was a callback to an old I didn't want to say twatter again, but if I get to, twatter twatter's edit button is rolling out to blue subscribers in the U.S. So congrats, everyone. Rejoice in that. If you want to spend a couple bucks a month, you can now edit your tweets. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I don't think I've ever voiced aloud on this show how annoying I think it is that when you're looking at the search term report, when you're looking at the total or um, search terms that you can actually see, it'll show you conversions, all conversions, like all of your different columns. But then when you're looking at the hidden search terms row, it only shows you like conversions and spend and won't calculate any of the other columns and doesn't show you all conversions, just where I keep my qual my like sqls so i can't see them and i have to do the math from the totals it's so stupid so we should make a plugin that just puts like the little troll face where that should be or we should actually <laughs> a little make a dash that i like adds that. it up we yeah build an that's what i thought you were gonna say no i was saying <laughs> just put a troll face in there so at least you can smile at how big a jerk there's little, it, there's no reason for that like we can do the math and figure it out you're just making us hate you thank you more greg all right, something hardly working. We've audited, I'd say, a half dozen accounts here recently over the past three months, I'd say. Not seen one remarketing campaign actually doing remarketing. If you're out there and you say you're doing remarketing, you can't have optimized targeting on. You sure as heck can't have similar audiences on in Google Ads. There's just a lot of people doing quote-unquote remarketing incorrect. So if you're one of those people or if you want me to take a look, I'll happily take a look for you but most people are not remarketing those remarketing campaigns. It is so easy to overlook something too because there's so many things in different places, so you really got to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, Working hard for me, I've talked before about, I think I have at least, about like joining an onboarding meeting for new employees for a client and really like getting to hear about the product um, out of the horse's mouth, so to speak. This week we did something sort of similar. We attended a pitch from a sales team as if we were the client and they pitched the product to us, but they also had some, you know, anecdotes knowing that we're doing their marketing. And I just thought it was so interesting to hear that external perspective too. And we took away quite a few nuggets like 
pain points that, you know, a lot of prospective clients might bring up to them that maybe the marketing team internally doesn't really know about because sales is on the front lines of that, as well as key differentiators that you may not see in some of their collateral. You can really only experience on like, say, a tour or something like that. And it was really enlightening and gave us a lot of ideas for things to include on landing pages or even an ad copy to just get in front of some of those questions that we know people might ask further down the line. Mm -hmm. So talk to everyone you can when you're trying to advertise something for someone. Just get all the info. It's really really helpful. so many fun meetings (laughs) I really do it was so like we used the whole hour we thought we went into it knowing so much and we came out of it knowing even more it was really truly enlightening different departments have different perspectives you should talk to everyone that you can and now for this week's cool tool as a reminder our cool tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention we're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really really cool Okay, everyone, quit being solemn. Get yourself some harder working columns. This week's cool tool is a guide from Dave Alexander, 13 custom columns to enhance Google Ads reporting. Dave runs through how to create custom columns in Google Ads if you don't know how to do that, as well as a baker's dozen of useful examples you can apply to your own account to get insights on things like predicted spend, increased competition, new keyword opportunities, percentage of spend on search partners, sigh, and more. It's a step-by-step guide with loads of screenshots, so it's super easy to follow, and there's some really great ideas in here. Team paid, you want to give this one a read. So as always, we will have the link in our newsletter as well as on Discord, so pick your poison and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week, an article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from should we switch off brandads.com brand search incrementality testing a guide for performance marketers and if you're looking to come up with a good test to see if those brand ads should stay or go they break down with math three main ways that you can do that testing just a look as a little note here they it does seem like they're going to offer a service that will do this for you so like, this is a great piece of content <laughs> right up the alley of actually converting users. But they talk about method one, where you are switching off the campaign and seeing what happens. Method two, you're doing that only in specific geographic areas. And method three, it's sort of like an on-off test. So I'm assuming they're going to sort of offer this, but there's a lot of great visuals. You can see how they think through it, all the math that goes around it. And again, they might convert some of you folks listening out there to use the service. I do not think it was launched yes, yet. You still have to join the waitlist. But a great example of some content marketing and some great visuals. Thank you to... Alex should... Crosby. Alex Crosby. Yeah, Ellis oh. sent it to us on Twitter. Nice. Yeah. And now on to our playlist of curated songs to work to. You can head over to playlist.marketingoclock.com to listen to Marketing a Playlist. Greg, what will you be putting on the playlist this week? I have You Wish by Nightmares on Wax. I will be selecting this week Beauty and the Beast (laughs) as sung by Dame Angela Lansbury. Mm. She is just my queen. Rest in peace. 96 years young. Um, Unfortunately, Greg Finn broke me the news in the most crass manner. (laughs) I did not. I said, I'm not going to tell you. I found out the news. You enjoyed it. I did not enjoy it. I said, I wasn't going to tell you. And you insisted. Mm -hmm. So listen to Beauty and the Beast and then watch um, Murder, She Wrote. I have all the seasons on DVD if you need to borrow one. Jess, I'm going to keep it Blink-182 here (laughs) and go with Pretty Little Girl, which features Yellow Wolf, and I Will Die on the Hill, that he enhances that song. My husband will murder me on that hill. So pick a side. It's a great song. All right. That does it for today's show. (laughs) It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If you're looking for more information on today's topic, head over to marketingoclock.com slash newsletter to receive every single article we covered. We share the news as it breaks in our Discord community. Head over to community.marketingoclock.com to join. Welcome to this week's Shoot in the Hack, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just... Shoot the hack. This week, we have a fantastic game for you. Greg is acting like it's very confusing, but it's not. We're going to draft... Halloween movies. Okay, so Halloween has to be in the movie. There has no, to be a Halloween scene. it's just a movie that you watch because it's Halloween.
It so doesn't have to. Movie. No, we've done horror movies before, Greg. This is different. It can be a horror movie or it could be a family Halloween movie. Okay. Asterisk already. Yeah. And also, I think we did that like three years ago. Like my taste in Halloween movies has changed a lot. And Jess and Tables weren't here. So we're okay. going to do it. All right. Okay. Um, I never go first. So I'm going to come in hot with... Um, <laughs> wow. This I'm is the go hottest first. you've ever come in. <laughs> and I don't even know how to do This is why I never go one. first. I'm just going to go with Hocus Pocus. Yeah. It's You don't like it? I no, I love it. I'm just mad that you took that. Just a little scary, like some queenie witches. Um, it's great vibes. You got to watch it every year. I'm unsure about how I feel about the sequel. Um, I love Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. Most people don't, but I do. What about that third lady? <laughs> Kathy Najimy, right? Proud of you. She's I have nice. no idea. Okay, um, Greg, what are you going to take? All right, I'm going to take first up here one that just is total creep vibe. I'm going to go with The Shining, oh, number one. That was on my list. Same. Love The Shining. Can't beat it. I have to watch it every year. Okay, Tables. Uh, I can't believe this slid to me, but I'm going to go with Halloween. That's not a Halloween movie. <laughs> no, no. Okay, which, which one? one? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure we could do a draft of just the Halloweens, but I'm going to go with my favorite, which is the original Rob Zombie. Yes! I don't think good, I've ever seen it. Good job, Tables. <laughs> Thanks. If Kyle Richards isn't in it, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good. Who's it's he? worth watching. <laughs> Real Housewife of Beverly Hills. Okay, Jess, what are your first two picks? Oh, I get two? Yeah. It's a serpentine. serpentine. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Shoot. Um, Trick or Treat. What's that? I've never seen it. Oh, it's a horror film. It's cl- They're re-releasing it in theaters this year. It's a classic. Anna Paquin is in it. Oh. It's like a whole bunch of different like little stories, and then they all come together in the end. It is spooky and gory, really but it's scary? like a really – It's not really scary. There's some stuff in it. You could handle I'm it. I'm interested. It's like campy and fun and themed and nice, but okay. not old. Yeah, trick or treat. Um, and then I guess I have to, since Rob Zombie's original Halloween is taken, I am going to take Rob Zombie's iteration of Halloween 2 because I think it is the probably the best in the entire I franchise. feel like the rest of these two picks are all going to be yeah, different versions of Halloween. Rob Zombie <laughs> All right, Tables, what do you got? I'm going to go with Beetlejuice. Oh! Great pick. See, like that's a great example. Not a horror movie, but we all wanted it. Okay, great. That was what I was going to take here. I need Tim it's Burton. Classic. I need some Tim Burton. I was Coraline? Go between that is my live <laughs> action Tim Burton and Edward Scissorhands, but that's more a Christmas movie. That's way more Christmas than Halloween. It is? Yeah. No. Yes. What, because it snows? Yeah. It snows on Halloween sometimes. It's during Christmas. You're I put that on a Christmas, Christmas card once. I'm gonna you don't go put not- anything on a Christmas card. <laughs> I'm going to go The Nightmare Before Christmas. Good choice. Thanks. Couldn't have picked it in a horror draft. Just proved that I had a great idea. Yeah. Um. Okay. I'm going to go with um, Rosemary's Baby. Mm. It's like one of my favorite horror movies. I, I just think it's that. really good. It all takes place in a hotel and like she has a creepy neighbor. Or not a hotel. Apartment building. She's creepy neighbors. It's really good. Do you ever have that beer, Rosemary's Baby by Two Roads? No. It's a rum barrel aged pumpkin beer. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> Great name. Okay. And then my next choice. Oh my gosh, I'm running out of picks already. <laughs> I'm going to go with this- Clue. Shout out Mark Saltarelli. Great movie. Okay. Can I, can I just draft Watch it or- every year. Have I? Do I have to know? Have, can I get a movie I've never seen before? What? Yeah. I just want to make a strong. A strong, like, team. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go with Mean Girls. That is not a Halloween movie just because they have one Halloween According scene. to my list, it is. Does that count? She also sings yeah. Jingle Bell Rock. Okay, you want me to do a real pick then? Yeah, no, but Nightmare Before Christmas has both holidays. Can I pick a, a series? Can I pick like a series of movies if they're really bad ones? If they're bad enough? No, you have to pick one of. <sighs> Why are you trying to cheat? I don't know the rules of this game. Nobody it's a draft. Does. Okay, I- I'll take Mean Girls. Okay, I feel like that's a movie that people vote for. Mean You've Girls. never seen it. Never seen it. And the voters should know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a pivotal scene. 
All right, all right, all right. I'll take Scream. I'll take Scream. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Matthew Lillard, David Arquette. American Treasures, both of them. I mean, all right. It's a little too disrespectful to human life for my taste. <laughs> okay, tables. Well, Greg stole Scream from me, but um, <clears throat> I'm going to stick with Wes Craven and go with Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm, great choice. Jess? I'm gonna, one more. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Matthew Lillard and go 13 <laughs> You ghosts. did not just take that from me. I, I was going did. Lillard to Lillard, back you to back. How Nightmare dare you? Christmas, I How get 13 dare ghosts. you? Nope. That is my favorite Mine. awful movie. Is there Shut any other better movie that stinks than that? No, it's great. It's a, oh, oh, Lillard is so good in that he's movie. He's so good in that. Even. Rod Digga is in that too. She is. And she like remixes it She's at the end. She's so good in that. <laughs> oh my God. She's the best actor Tony in Shalhoub? that film. Tony Shalhoub. Tony uh, Shalhoub. How did he not win an Oscar for 13 Ghosts? <laughs> Rebecca Romaine is in that? We could give that? him a clock skirt for 13 Ghosts. Is she? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. Maybe not. No. Maybe I made that up. I think you made that okay. up. Everybody Romaine calm. Wait, I get one more. Oh, okay. Right? <laughs> that was a funny joke. Thanks. Let us continue. Um, uh, Shannon Elizabeth is what I was thinking. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Love her. She's of American Pie fame. Shut um, Side note, how did that get 17% on Rotten Tomatoes? What are these people they doing? They must be counting back from 100. I don't it's believe really in Rotten Tomatoes anymore because I saw Cats over the weekend and it was really good. Okay. Is that the one where they it have It has 2.5. Yes. It's really good. Is that your final pick? No, it's not a Halloween movie. It could be if you watch it in October. I did. Um, I only get one more. Yeah. Oh, I can't believe you took that. Yeah. Can I quit? Nope. Uh, this is it's hard. your company. There's so many great films. I'm just going to go with the classic, The Exorcist. I can't, like, oh, I'm sorry. Anything with, like, demons is so scary. Like, I have bad dreams about The Exorcist, and I saw it 20 years yeah. ago. Yeah. it's. I've seen it a million times, and it still it's scares so me. It's so scary. It's so, it's perfect. I do not like it. It's horrid, but it's perfect. Yeah. Tables. <clears throat> I'm going to go with a classic vampire movie, The Lost Boys. Hmm. thought you were going to say Twilight. <laughs> oh, I can't believe we took a Lillard off the table. <laughs> I am so upset right now. I've never I'm been more so upset. glad. So glad. <sighs> okay, I'm just gonna go with. Um, I'll go with Saw. Have you seen that? What? Saw was good. The first one. Yeah, the first one. It's good. I just th- when you didn't know what it was. I want. Can I get yeah, the feeling yeah, yeah, yeah. of the yeah. first time yeah, you saw yeah. Saw? Yeah. No spoilers. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh, this is so hard. I'm going to end my list. I feel like I need some Alfred Hitchcock, so I'm going to go with Psycho. But I would like to give an honorable mention to some DCOMs, including Halloween Town and Twitches. What about Birdemic? (laughs) House on Haunted Hill, honorable mention. That's great. That is great. I haven't seen that. Should I add it to my list? Yeah. Is that the one? That's the 80s retro one, right? Yeah, but there's a new version, too, with... um, No, but the newer version is like throwback to like 80s time. Done really well, right? I no, I don't I think, think so. so. I think it's set in oh. the nineties. Also, nobody picked Silence of the Lambs, which I believe was our number one draft pick in the horror draft. Oh. So it just shows Halloween H two O with LL Cool J. Are they swimming? Halloween? No, twenty years later, H twenty. Okay, I don't know. Was... Everybody, go through and recap your list. I've got Hocus Pocus, Rosemary's Baby, Clue, and Psycho. Greg, I've got. Nightmare Before Christmas. My number one pick was, who knows? What did I get first? I don't know. Who's on first? I forgot what I got Um, first. Did you go with Mean Girls? Mean Girls? No, I I didn't even take that Scream? No. It was a good one. I got The Shining. The Shining. The Shining, Mm. Nightmare Before Christmas, Lillard in Scream, (laughs) and then I've got Saw. I have Halloween, Beetlejuice, Nightmare on Elm Street, and The Lost Boys. I have Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Trick or Treat, The Exorcist, and Lillard and 13 Ghosts. Okay, vote <laughs> for a, me. What a trap. Just one. <laughs> you can vote on Spotify, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. <laughs>